regrets in my life. I'm just such an incredibly blessed man. I have a wonderful wife, beautiful children. I have a great church. Um, I love my church, and I'm, I'm blessed to be the pastor of this incredible church. And, and for my birthday, <clears throat> uh, my mom, who lives uh, in South Carolina, flew up to be with us, and um, so she's here. Uh, my, my wonderful, incredibly beautiful mother is here. So everybody say hello to my mom. And, and my special treat, and my special treat is my little nephew who's here today. I want you to meet my little nephew because one day he's going to be preaching in this church. So come on up here. This boy, if I tell you this boy knows the word, this boy knows the Bible. And he's not shy. He's not like his, his uncle. He's very, very outgoing. I'm a little shy. This guy. Oh boy, oh boy. So, everybody meet Eno. This is my little nephew, Eno. And Eno, tell everybody how much you love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. Amen. And uh, tell everybody, tell everybody um, a scripture that you know. You know a scripture in the Bible? Yeah. Be kind one to another. Amen. Amen. And you want to pray for all the people out there? You want to pray for everybody? Okay, extend your hand like this, like you're anointed. No, you got to open your hand like that. Come on, come on. Come on. Hallelujah. If you're going to do this thing, you better do it right, all right? All right. All right, pray for everybody. Go ahead. Jesus, um, let them be happy ever, and we love all the children of the world. Amen. I love you. Go sit down. Wow. <laughs> He thinks he's Spider-Man. He really does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, we've had an incredible week this week just doing the work of the kingdom. And one of the joys that I've had is to actually visit some of the folks in our church. You know, over 30 people in our church, families, have been affected by the storm. And we really need to learn how to stand with one another and care about one another. And... Um, so I was able to visit, and I'm glad I did because I was able to get into their world a little bit. And the truth is, uh, we forget so quickly, especially when we're not in the heart of the situation. But folks, look at me. There's still people that are living without heat and water. There's still people that are living without the necessities. And we're so far removed from it sometimes that we forget. And, you know, every Saturday... Every Saturday at 8 o'clock, we're meeting at Island Park Full Gospel Church, and we're going out, cleaning out homes, touching people, reaching people. And we've heard incredible stories about how people are giving their lives to Christ. And um, so I want to encourage you, don't, please, don't forget. I know we all get busy, the holidays are coming, but even take two hours out of your day go down there at 8 o'clock and say, I can give two hours, four hours, whatever it is, but let's not forget, you know, let's keep on uh, loving people and especially those that are of the household of the faith. And you guys took an incredible offering and we were able to uh, give out the funds to people in our church and they, they want to say thank you uh, from the bottom of their hearts to you and it's just an amazing thing when you have a family like we have here at Bethlehem Assembly of God. We we watch each other and, and we stick with each other. And I'm really proud of you guys for that. Uh, we need a team of folks to go out on the 22nd, 23rd. We're working on the 22nd. We're working on a big, a big convoy truck 
you know, the convoy trucks. We want to wrap it in a big bow, drive it down to Long Beach. There's still an incredible need there. And we want to bring that to Long Beach as a Christmas gift to those folks there, bring some Christmas toys. And we want to go right into the heart of Long Beach and uh, once again bring some love and ministry to those folks. And then the 23rd, uh, I went to the fire department in Long Beach and met the captain and he was, he was overwhelmed by our response and uh, he said thank you so very much for uh, offering to do this and so I, I told him that we would go down there we would take care of all the Christmas toys we're gonna bring tons of Christmas toys he was overwhelmed by that we're gonna put on listen we're gonna put on a big presentation for them uh, and uh, we're gonna give every firefighter uh, a monetary gift to go to Home Depot to buy some supplies for their homes as well, first responders. And, um, and we're going to bring food and clothing. And, and, and let me tell you, it's just um, it, the connections and the open doors that God has given us as a result of this is incredible. We need children's workers. Uh, we need people to do face painting. We need clowns. We need all kinds of people who would be willing to give a little bit of their time on the 23rd. Uh, to do that at the firehouse and the 22nd we're still working out the details so it's to be announced a little bit more as we go but please keep your eyes open for that there's another thing that I'd like for you to consider doing uh, there's a young man in our church who his name is Sean and he lost his business his house his parents lost some stuff and I told him that I would do this I never do this you've never heard me do this before I don't like to push people's businesses but his business got so wiped out um, that uh, he's got to start from scratch all over again. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all went there and bought a wreath from him or a Christmas tree and we said this is our way of telling you that we stand with you because if we buy stuff from him that's, that's another way that he can get back on his feet again. And so he's in Island Park. It's called A&T garden supply just go in there and bless him he said if you come in he'll give you a 10 percent you know give it back to him just let let's just bless the socks off of this kid and let's get his business back up and running again amen so that's just another way we can be the church everybody said amen to that amen. i want you to turn in your bibles if you would to first john first john chapter one thank you so much first john chapter one 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen, what we have heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about experiencing God. We're going to talk about experiencing God's peace in stressful times. In fact, next week I want to encourage you to bring somebody out because we're going to talk about how to deal with stress in our life. How many know the holidays can get really stressful? They're not supposed to. It's supposed to be peace on earth, not stress on earth. 
And we're going to talk about experiencing God's grace in our life. We're going to talk about experiencing God. Because the truth is, as we approach Christmas, you know, the, the real honest truth of it is that we can go through all the festivities and leave God out of the picture. We hear this every year. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I love Christmas. I, I love celebrating Christmas. I love everything about the celebrations of Christmas except for the nonsense that you hear in the world that we're not allowed to say Merry Christmas. I'm telling you what, I'm going to tell you Merry Christmas. I don't care who you are. But I love celebrating Christmas with my family. I love the decorations. I love all the lights. I love the giving of gifts. I like receiving gifts. I love my big fat Italian Christmas Eve dinner. You know, the big Italian Christmas Eve dinner with all of the fish and all the good stuff. And let me tell you, I'm not having any pasta fazool on Christmas Eve, you know. No way. I'm having all the good stuff. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm pretty much on a diet most of the year. But on Christmas, year, on Christmas Eve, I don't care. I'm just going to celebrate my big fat Italian Christmas Eve. I love it. I love waking up early in the morning and gathering with my girls and my wife. And we gather around the Christmas tree and we pray together and we thank Jesus. And we thank the Lord for blessing us all year long. And then we go crazy opening and giving gifts to one another. And I'm so thankful for all of those things. But in the middle of running around, in the middle of all the festivities, in the middle of all the cooking and cleaning and all the baking and the all of celebration that comes along with Christmas, I want you and I to experience God again. I mean, my prayer, more than anything else, is that we would experience God in a new and fresh way. You see, His mercies are new every day. And God wants to walk with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to minister to us. He wants us to connect with Him. He wants us to experience His wonderful presence in our life. His presence in our life. And in 1 John... The apostle is, he's writing in times of great persecution. He's writing in times when the church was persecuted greatly. He's writing in times of great difficulty. And he says this, he says, that which we have experienced in our life, we want to give it to you. He said, that which from the beginning we have heard. Everybody say heard which we have seen with our own eyes, which, which, we, which we have looked and we have handled with our own hands. We've touched him. He said, we've experienced him. This is what I want to give to you, John says. I want you to know that you can experience God in your life in a real way, in a powerful way. You can experience the grace of God in your life. It can change your life. As I was walking uh, uh, to the platform this morning, I was thinking, God, there's somebody in this room today who needs to experience you today, God. I don't want them to experience religion. I don't want them to experience a good sermon. What I want them to experience.
experience is you in their life. You see, because I remember 31 years ago, I came to this altar and I experienced God. And friends, when you experience God, it changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you walk. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you live. It changes the very direction of your life. And let me tell you something. There's a room full of people here this morning and those that are in the cafe and watching live stream. Man, I'm telling you, you've been changed by God. And the moment that you encountered God, something changed in your life so dramatically that the very direction of your life, the very purpose of your life was transformed by the power of God's powerful spirit in your life. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. That's what I want you to experience this morning. I think that John is referring to when he speaks about the word that became flesh. If I could subtitle this series, it would be God became flesh. And why did God become flesh? Because God wanted us to experience him. And so John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. But that God became flesh. And we, listen to me, and we beheld, we saw his glory. We tasted of his glory. We saw his presence and it was so glorious. He said this, he said the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And not only did we see his glory, but we heard his glory. John says, I heard him. And my prayer for you this Christmas season is that you hear the voice of God again. Oh, how we need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear his small, still voice in the midst of all the busyness, in the midst of all the traffic, in the midst of all of the material things that are being thrown at you. We need to stop and hear the small voice of God. Like the prophet who cried out to God and said, God, I can't hear your voice. And God said, if you go into your prayer closet, if you go into that small, still place, uh, you'll hear my voice again. And what I want you to hear this morning is the whisper of God. I want you to hear the whisper of God. God is always speaking. He's always talking. Every day he talks to us. He talks to us through our experiences in our life. And you see, when you read the word, and when you know the word, and you're walking in the spirit, even the most difficult of situations in your life, God begins to speak to you. And he says things to you that will change your life as you're listening. And so, this Christmas holiday season, I pray that you would stop, be still, and listen to his small, still voice. Hear him direct you. Hear him tell you how much he loves you. How much he enjoys being in your presence. John goes on to say, which we have seen with our eyes, which, which we have looked at this Christmas. I want you to see God. I want you to see God all around you. You know, that's the most powerful thing of what we've been doing for the last month and a half is going out and cleaning out homes. And I love when the people say, man, they look like Jesus. Man, one person said, we had angels come to our house in, in orange shirts. They said, angels visited our house in orange shirts. Wow. 
And so I want you to see God. I want you to see God at work in your life. I know it's been hard for some of you, probably all of you in this room. But see, all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And like this after, after the first service, I was in the hallway with somebody who lost so many things, two motorcycles, a couple of cars, and so many of the stuff in his house were gone, just destroyed. And I walked over to him and I said, but never forget, God is still at work. God ha is working all things out for your good. And he said, that's all I needed to hear. God is still at work. No matter what, God is still at work. And remember Job, even though God took things away, God restored it back tenfold. Glory to God. And I'm telling you this morning, maybe the devil wants to take something away from you, but bless God. God is the restoring God, and he's going to restore it back to you tenfold. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Which we have seen. I want you to see the miracle working power of God in your life. I want you to stop long enough to cry out to God and say, God, I'm in need of a miracle, God. Lord, I'm going to touch heaven this morning, and I'm going to get my miracle. I want you to see God at work every day of your life. I want you to see the miracles that God is already doing in your life. You know, last night we had a little party, and they did this little, this little game, and it was about how well you know Steve Malazzo, and it was kind of cute, you know. But the last one, my daughter, she got me in the room by myself. She said, she said, what's one of your pet peeves? What's your greatest pet peeves? And some people said he doesn't like clutter, whatever, you know. He makes sure that his hair is always, you know. What? I said, you know what the thing that, I, that, 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 that really gets under my skin more than anything else is ingratitude. Is ingratitude. It's people that are not grateful no matter what we go through in our life. If we learn how to be grateful... No matter what we have in our life, if we learn to be grateful, then, then we see the powerful hand of God in our life. No matter what happens, even when he takes things away from us, we thank God. We give him thanks because we know that he's a good God, that he's a loving God, that he loves his children, and he would not allow anything to happen to his children that would not benefit them in the long run, that all things work together for the good, so that even when he takes something away, we can give thanks to the Lord because he's good the Lord is good and his mercies are new every day glory to God the Lord is good hallelujah I want you to turn to your neighbor and I don't want you to say they're the funniest looking person in this world I want you to say the Lord is good the Lord is just good John goes on to say and with our own hands we touched him John says we've been touched by God and we touched him We've experienced his hand of blessing and the power of God in our lives. This is what we proclaim concerning the word of life. John said, this is what we proclaim to you. In other words, we're not talking about just a story. We're not talking about something that happened a long time ago. We're talking about something that we have experienced ourselves in our life. Listen to me. God wants you to experience him this morning. God wants you to experience his presence. He wants you to experience his grace. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to experience his mercy. He wants you to experience his power, his spirit in your life today. He wants you to experience his glory. Listen to me. Don't let Christmas come and go without experiencing God. I mean, I want you to make a commitment that I'm not going to allow this Christmas season to consume me to the point that I miss God. 
See, the truth is, God sent his son. How glorious that God came down from heaven. And he was born in a manger. I mean, why wouldn't you want to serve a God who would want to condescend, come down from heaven and, and become a man to reveal his glory to us? But even though it was so glorious, and you know, we get these pictures of, of Christmas morning. You know, there's the manger and the angels and everybody singing glory to God in the highest. And the whole world could see the glory of God. That's not what happened. We'd like to think that. We'd like to think that, you know, there was a glowing light around the manger and that everybody in the whole world saw the manger and everybody fell to their knees and said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. But the truth is, few people were ever touched, ever experienced the glory of God on that morning. Life went on. And we, we, to us, it's glorious. To us, it's powerful. We're looking back at the manger and going, wow. And you know, these Christmas stories and, and these Christmas plays and pageants. You know, we have a whole team of people today that are out at the mall. They're not here. They're out at the mall, probably over 100 right now at the mall singing. And boy, we love when we do our Christmas pageants. We love to, you know, dress the manger up and make it more glorious than it is, than it was. But it was a manger, a smelly manger. And there was a baby in that manger. It was God who became flesh. And most of the world didn't even hear about it that day. Oh, it's been making progress for centuries. And one by one, God is filling the hearts of people and lives. But that Christmas morning, it was obscure. And so many people passed by that manger and were unaffected by the presence that God sent down from heaven, the present of his son. Why is it that some people, listen to me, why is it that some people experience the presence of God? And some don't. Why is it? Why is it that some people experience the P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E -E the presence that God sends us on a daily basis of his grace, his mercy, his kindness, his power, his anointing, and others don't? Why is it that some people experience the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E -E, presence of God in their life, and yet others don't experience the intimate walking presence of God in their life. Well, I suppose because some people are just way too busy. It's too busy. Too busy to stop and really get into the presence of God. Maybe some people don't want to experience the presence of God because when they experience the presence of God, they're going to have to change in their life. You can't stay the same when you come into the presence of God. Things get changed. Sometimes they get shaken up. And God begins to tell us, listen, you like this? Then there are some things that I need to rearrange in your life. Some people are just too religious. Just way too religious. It's all about tradition. It's all about packaging God in a cute little manger box. And you, God, stay there. You're cute. You're cute, Jesus. You're cute in that little manger, Jesus. Stay there. And we become so religious that we miss the presence of God. The Jews became so religious, the religious, 
righteous Pharisees, not all the Jews, but some of the Jews became so religious that they missed God's presence. Some people don't feel worthy. I'm not worthy. Me? What? Me? Getting into the presence of God, enjoying the presence of God. God, I'm a sinner. God, I, I can't get into your presence. I'm just not worthy enough to get into the presence of God. You see, but Jesus came to earth so that man could experience his presence, God's presence. The word became flesh, flesh, and made his dwelling, living place, living quarters among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. See, God wants you and I to experience his glory this morning. But what is glory? What is the glory of God? Well, the glory of God is the power of God made available to us. The glory of God is the holiness of God made available to us. What's the glory of God? Listen to me. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of who he is. It's the manifest beauty. It's seeing, touching, feeling, experiencing the beauty of who God is. That's the manifest glory of God. The glory of God is God going public. It's God going public. I want you to take out your, your phones right now, your iPhones. Do it right now. Come on, everybody. I'm going to allow you to take your phones out. When you take your phones out, show it to me when you got it out. Go ahead. Janine can't take a phone out because she forgot it at the, the restaurant last night. But we called up and there was an honest person who said, I'm holding it for you. How do you like that? All right. Take your iPhones out and hold them up for me right now. All right, good. Now I want you to take them, find Facebook, and I want you to write on Jesus came into this world to go public. To go public. God has gone public with us by sending his son. The glory of God is God going public with his holiness. Listen to me. When Jesus was born in that little stable, God's glory was going public for all the world to get a chance to witness, to get a chance to experience. He said, I want the world to witness. I want the world to experience my glory, my grace. I want the world to experience my love. And God, listen to me, this morning in the balcony, God is still crying out to you and I, I want you to experience me. I love what John Piper says about the glory of God. He said the glory of God, listen to me, listen to me, is God's way in which he puts his holiness on display for his people to apprehend. Let me say that again. The glory of God is God's holiness made available to us so that we can apprehend it. God, he puts himself on display. He says, here I am, come and get me. He says, this is who I am. Come and taste of me and see that I am good. Taste of the Lord and see that he is good. And John tells us, we experienced his glory. We saw it, we touched it, we heard it. Please, please, this Christmas, don't let Christmas go by without experiencing God, without apprehending his glory, without experiencing his presence in your life. 
without experiencing his peace and his joy and his grace in your life. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about all those things. But today, I'm challenging you to apprehend God. I'm challenging you to be a God chaser. Run after God with all your heart and apprehend him. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, in the Hebrew, handmaiden, handmaiden, virgin, the same thing, synonymous, will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is interpreted from the Hebrew, God is with us. Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C, not P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Oh, when his presence comes, we get presence. But so often, it's all about presence. And I'm not opposed to giving and receiving presents. You want to give me one? Size nine, <laughs> medium sometimes. But you see, Christmas is all about God being with us. And if we miss that, we miss everything. See, your presence that you give one day will wear out. They'll get old. His presence that he gives never wears out. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The presence we give, people are going to get tired of. We'll never get tired of God's presence. When we really get into his presence, it'll be so good that we'll want more. We'll never get tired of the presence of God. So this morning, if there's one present I would love for you to have, is I'd love for you to experience the presence of God. There's a little known verse in the scriptures that I want to talk to you for a, a few more minutes as the worship team comes. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Turn with me, if you would, as I close. 2 Timothy 4. Paul the Apostle says, At my first defense, no one came to, to my support, but everyone, listen to me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Worship team, we're going to sing that song, I'm running again. I'm running. Because here's what I want everyone to do in this room. I want you to run into the presence of God. Paul the apostle, he says, at my first defense, everyone abandoned me. No one stood with me. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you trusted with all your heart? Have you had somebody in your life that you loved so dear, that was so precious to you? Somebody in your life that you can lean hard on? Somebody in your life that promised you that they would never leave you nor forsake you? Somebody that would say, I'll be with you for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, apostafazul, or no, I'm not leaving you. No matter what happens, I'm always going to be by your side only to leave you high and dry. Maybe you're here this morning and you were counting on somebody, whoever it was. Maybe it was the pastor who left you high and dry. Maybe it was a dear friend. And when you needed that person the most, 
they weren't there for you. Man, that's a lonely place. That's a difficult place to be. When you just felt like, man, I needed this person to stand with me. Well, Paul says in the Greek, at my first defense, he uses that word defense because in the Greek what it means is that I needed to give a reason for why I'm doing what I'm doing and I had to stand before the judge. He was thrown in prison for his faith. And before he was thrown in prison, all the Christians said, Paul, no matter what happens, you go out there, we're with you. And when he's thrown in prison, everyone abandons him. And that word abandon means in the most difficult time of all, when I needed them the most, they weren't there. They abandoned me. He said, all have forsook me. Everyone deserted me. And I was standing all by myself. And they dragged me from my prison cell. And they threw me before the magistrate. And at that moment, I felt all alone. But then, he says, and, but then I realized the Lord stood with me. And he strengthened me. That word in the Greek for stand by means literally to come alongside of. He said, I understood, I realized, I sense the, the presence of Almighty God in my life. And as a result of that, I could stand up, he said, and speak more boldly. Verse 17, he said, as a result of realizing that God stood with me, God strengthened me. That word in the Greek, dunamis. It means inner strength, supernatural power on the inside. And friend, when you realize that God is not going to leave you, no matter what happens in your life, when no one else is with you, God will stand with you. When there's no one else to defend you against the enemy, God will rise up. Hallelujah. When there's a standard that comes against you, God will raise up a standard and he will stand with you. And when he stands with you, you'll know there'll be inner strength that will come into you. And you'll say, bless God. When no one else is with me, God will stand with me. Glory to God. God will stand with you. I said, God will stand with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. You have nothing to fear because even when you're alone, you're never alone because God is with you. Hallelujah. The great God, man, he came down from heaven. He became flesh and he walked amongst us and he's telling you and I today, my presence will go with you wherever you go. Moses cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord, he said, God, he says the task before me is great. He said, and there are times when I stand before the people of Israel and they want to stone me and they want to get rid of me and reject me. He said, but God, all I need is this one thing. All I need to know is that your glory, show me your glory, God. Lord, all I need to know is wherever I go, that you're with me. And God said to Moses, Moses, my presence, my presence, my Shekinah glory will go with you wherever you go. Whatever you have to travel through, my presence will be with you. Hallelujah. And so this morning, my prayer for you is your pastor is that you would experience the presence 
of Almighty God in your life. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you today that you would come into this room by your glory and your power. Lord, that you would come into this place and that you would help those that are here, those that have gone through difficult times. Lord, maybe they've gone through a difficult storm in their life. Maybe they've gone through a hurricane. And God, it feels as if they're all by themselves. And even if God, their church has stood with them, Lord, and that's an awesome thing, God. There are times, God, that even when our best friends are with us, standing right by our side, and yet we still feel all alone because we have to travel that road. And even though our friends and our relatives, they're also traveling their own road of trials and tribulations. Lord, it's such a personal thing, God, when we're walking through the fire. It's such a personal thing when we've got to go through our own trials when the doctor tells us we're sick when the doctor tells us that we're not going to make it when the mortgage company tells us they're going to take away our home lord i'm so glad that i have friends and relatives but god i know ultimately lord that it comes down to me and you and my walk with you lord the realization that when even when others forsake me you'll stand by my side so we raise our hands today we reach out to God today and we say God we want your presence we want your glory in our life we want you to touch us we want you to supernaturally do a new work in our hearts and in our lives this morning in the first service, a young lady came into this room. Her house had been destroyed by the flood. And she came to church. Listen to me. She came to church because a group from our church went to her house and helped her clean out her home. Not a believer. You could see visibly. You could see her struggling with the stuff in her life. But this morning, she responded because angels came in orange shirts to her home she came to the church today and when i gave the invitation for people to experience god she got out of her seat and this morning she experienced god hallelujah thank you, thank you, jesus. Thank you lord thank you god maybe you're here today and you just say you know what i just need to experience again god in my life I'm a Christian, but I want to experience Him, Him in my life today. Or maybe today you're not certain with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not certain that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. There's an uncertainty in your spirit and in your heart. You're like, I, I need to know God. And pastor, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want to experience God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand quickly. I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. In the balcony today, you say, I want to experience God in my life. I want you to raise your hand today. God bless you. Would you all stand to your feet right now? I want the altar workers to come quickly on both sides. On both sides. Altar workers on both sides. 
I want you to right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor. Look, very sacred moment. Listen to me. This is such a sacred moment. You know why? You know why I do this every week? Because 31 years ago, I experienced God. It changed my whole life. How many of you in this room, you know what I'm talking about? When you experienced God, it changed your life. It changed the direction of your life. It changed the purpose of your life. It changed the meaning of your life. It changed the way you feel about life, the way you see life, the way you react to trials and tribulations in your life. Just changed everything. Somebody's going to have that life transformation occur to them right now in this place. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till it happens in their life. But you say, Pastor, I'm not certain. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. I want you to say this. Look, look at me. Shh, shh. Just say, if you died today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? And if they say to you, I'm not sure, say, you know what? I'll take you by the hand and we'll go up together and we'll experience God together. We'll experience God together. So go ahead, ask your neighbor. And if you raise your hand, I want you to slip out of your seat. We want to pray for you. We've got some workers right now. If you raise your hand, I want you to come out of your seat. We want to pray for you. Don't be shy, but say, you know what? Today I'm experiencing God. I don't care what other people think. I'm going after God. If you raise your hand, come on. Come out of your seat right now. And if there are those people that you ask, are you sure? Bring them with you. Come on. Let's experience God at this place. Come on. Quickly. Quickly. Come on. Move quickly. Move quickly. So many of you raised your hand. Come quickly. Come on. Anybody else? Real quick. Anybody else? Anybody else need to come? Oh, so many of, so many of you raised your hand. Said, I want to experience God. Don't let that seat hold you back. Go for God. Go after God. Go after God with all your heart this morning. I mean, just go for it. Just go for it. Have some courage today. Go for it. Say, yes, I'm experienced. In the balcony. You might be in the last seat in the balcony. Don't let that balcony. Remember. Remember Jesus in the manger? Remember all the people that passed by because of pride? All those people that were passing by because they were just too busy I, I don't got time I got to run out of church go for it today I want to experience God today I want you to come out of your seat anybody else quickly anybody else quickly I'm gonna move on in a moment I'm gonna move on you need to come I want God in my life anybody else praise God how many of you today in this room you say pastor I'm a Christian but I want to experience God in a new and fresh way I will not let this holiday go by without experiencing God I want God to touch me today a fresh touch of his spirit in a moment he's gonna touch you they're still coming come on come on come on come on come on I need an altar worker to help right here I need a man to help right here I need an altar worker right here thank you God anybody else you want to come and experience God is, is this awesome? Hey, listen. This is where it all began with me, right here at this place. Right here in this, in this house, 31 years ago. I need an altar worker to help with this young man right here, quickly. An altar worker. Anybody else? Anybody else? You come. Anybody else? You come. All right. Here's what we're going to do, church. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to, don't look over here. We're going to worship the Lord. And if you just 
You want to run after God again. You say, God, I want to run after you again. God, I want to experience everything that you have for me. I want you to get out of your seat right now. And I want you to make your way up to this altar right now. Let's get into the presence of God. Come on, let's sing this song together. Come on, I'm running. And I want you to run to God today and say, God, fresh anointing, fresh touch from you, God. Lord, your presence in my life. That's what I want, God. Your presence in my life. Come on, get out of your seat right now and just come and make a way at the altar right now. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares Come on, pull it. Come on, a little further. Light of the world forever I'm running. Oh, Thank you, God. Come on, raise your hands. We sing, oh, I'm running to your arms. 